buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Today, I've got Sherilyn Castleman, the Managing Partner, Executive Coach, and Chief Learning Officer. She has helped Fortune 500 clients as a global sales executive for 20 plus years, currently the Chief Learning Officer at Sisters in Sales. Uh, Sisters in Sales empowers women of color across the sales sector, also the Managing Partner and Executive Coach for CGI, a sales training and coaching firm. Sherilyn, welcome to Sales Transformation. How are are you? Thanks, Colin. I'm thrilled to be here. And I am actually just pretty spectacular. Thanks for asking. Awesome. I know we've been wanting to make this happen for, for a little while now. And uh, um, I believe it was Hannah Pryor that connected us. So I'm glad that she, she did. Um, and I'm super excited to talk about the work that you're doing and genuinely just curious to learn a little bit more about your story, where it all started, and how you got into the work that you're doing. So let's just kick it off and jump right in. Absolutely, Colin. I, uh, you know, I like to tell people that uh, I have been in sales since uh, Girl Scout cookies were less than a dollar a box. All right. So <laughs> if you do the math, that's a long, long time. And so I started in sales. And I think they're like $5 now or something, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. So if you do the math, you can go back probably, you know, a long time. And so uh, that's all that I've ever known. I, you know, I originally worked in social work and I worked for a program that uh, I had to get funding for. And as, as I was looking for funding for the social work program and I was pitching the United Way for funding, mm -hmm. I realized that if I didn't learn to sell, I'd never be very good in social work and very, never very good in nonprofit. And so I switched over to sales, started selling insurance, became one of the top sales people and never looked back. I never went back to nonprofit because anybody who knows what social workers make and what salespeople make, you know, I tripled my income going into sales. And so mm. I just never looked back until recently. It's interesting that you made that connection though, that even though you weren't technically in a sales role, you knew that you needed sales experience in that role. And that's just kind of proof that, you know, everybody's selling, right? Like regardless of what you're doing, whether you're selling your colleague on an idea, whether you're selling your wife on where you want to go to eat or whether the hardest sell that I ever have to deal with, which is selling my kids on eating their vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's what I tell. That's what I tell women all the time. I said, if you have had to sell a 16 year old on how, why to get out of bed and go to school in the morning, you can sell Ooh. anything to anybody. 
Okay. Yeah. And so I don't look forward to the day that I got to go up against that sale. (laughs) Well, it's coming, but when you, when you, when you've mastered that, why, how, and what you can master it with anybody. So um, we all sell. And so, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing that I talk about today. And so I know we're going to talk about transformation. I'm always talking to people about once you get good at sales, you can do anything. You can work mm. for anybody. You can do any job. Um, and that's why I get so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit, uh, after your, you, you got into sales and kind of decided to stick there because clearly the, the money was a little bit better. Um, what was next for you after that? Um, so I worked in, um, so like I said, I, I sold in to, in financial services. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Europe um, for, with American Express for many years, selling um, financial services. I, When I came back, I worked for uh, uh, a National Jewish and Medical and Research Center and converted a $600,000 cost center to a $3.2 million profit center. Again, selling um, wow. educational services for a hospital that was going through a change um, with um, managed care. And they were losing patients. And so I became a revenue source from them by selling education, selling training to pharmaceutical companies, selling um, training to physicians. And um, at the time, I couldn't read an income or expense statement. And I didn't understand the importance of financial fluency. Mm. And so I um, had an interesting meeting with the CFO where I couldn't answer his questions. I still remember he said, you know, so Cheryl Lynn, um, what was your revenue? I said, oh, we're right around, I don't know, $4 million. And he said, well, what are your expenses? And I said, oh, right around, I don't know, 500000 He said, well, clearly, you're not prepared for this meeting. Mm. And he sent me packing. So I went back in, and I and I knew he was an analytic. And so I talked about specific numbers, what we had did. Um, and I got a promotion out of it and a substantial raise. And I went back to get my MBA so I could learn about how to read financial statements. And what I teach women today is financial fluency. You have to know about finance to be able to sell into the C-suite. And so Mm. I think that's what's important. Wow. I want to go back for a second here because I want to make sure that the listeners did not miss that you said it was a 600000 cost center. Meaning yes. they were losing money and you turned it into a multi-million dollar profit center. I did. You I clearly did. like a challenge. <laughs> um, I do. And and I have, you know, and, and, and I've done that throughout my career. And so every company that I've worked for, I have driven exponential revenue growth, um, selling into the top life science and um, healthcare companies. So United, Merck, um, Pfizer, um, Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, all have been my clients. And yes, I have driven exponential revenue growth for any company that I've worked for um, just because I love a challenge and I love sales because I said, I think sales, Colin, you know this, and I, I'm sure yeah. your listeners know this. It's about building a relationship, yeah. connecting with people and helping them solve their problems. What I've learned is that if you solve really big problems, that's that's a better deal for you as a salesperson than if you solve solve little problems. Okay. Yeah. So you know. So I, yeah, I, I want to uh, touch on something here because I mean those clients that you've you've mentioned, you know, there's some big names. Those are companies everybody knows, and I know to work with brands like that, it takes a level of confidence, and most people would be terrified 
to work with companies of that size. What do you think has contributed, you know, to your your confidence to 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 land those types of relationships, solving those type those, you know, big problems? So I I call myself the sales relationship expert, Colin. And the reason why is I learned very, very young from my dad that it's about relationships. And I still remember that I was working for a company that was selling a SaaS solution into healthcare. And um, we needed to meet with the president of one of the top health insurance companies. Hmm. And I found out what conference he was going to be at that our company was exhibiting in. I went out and just walked up to him, shook his hand and told him who I was and what I did and that I was going to be in Chicago next week. And I would love to take 15 minutes to hear about his vision for his team in this area. And Mm -hmm. we were just chatting. And he said, sure. Gave me his admin's name. I went in. And although my company had spent a week preparing this perfect deck for me, it was a pitch deck about who we were and what we could do and all this. I walked in the room with the president, turned the deck over, never opened it. And I said, you know what I'd like to know? I said, what is your wish for your team when it comes to this? What is your wild wish and what is your fantasy? He told me his wish was he wished he understood this area of risk adjustment better. He told me Mm. that his wild wish was he wished that his company could improve in this area. And his fantasy was he wished all of the presidents that reported into him also understood this. Had nothing to do with the product. It had to do with understanding their pain. Mm. We went back and put together a training program for them to teach them about what to do. As a result, they increased their spend with us by 20%. It was about a $30 million book of business at the time. 20% of that means another almost, what, $7 million I was able to close in the first 90 days with this company just by talking to the president about his wish, his wild wish, and his fantasy. If you can understand a client's vision, you can sell to them. You can solution with them. So that's all I do is I talk to people about their vision. You can talk to anybody about their vision. Everybody has a dream. Yeah, yeah. I think think the, the huge learning lesson there is that, you know, People are just people, right? And if you become, you know, you get a lot of salespeople struggle with going into conversations like that or with people at that level where they don't consider themselves an equal, right? Which is a lack of confidence and just talking to people and really putting yourself out there and like asking those types of questions and being more of an advisor or a consultant or, you know, just a genuine curiosity to help is what can really help you separate yourself from, you know, anybody else that struggles with having those types of conversations or approaching people at that level. Absolutely. So you don't have to be an expert. Um, when I was, when I first meet, went to meet with him, I don't know if I could even spell risk adjustment, but I knew that my company had all the experts. And if I needed a subject matter expert, I could get one on the phone or I could bring one with me for the next meeting. One of the things I think the pandemic has done is it has equaled the playing field. Mm. Every single one of us has been touched by the pandemic. Every single one of us, something in our life has changed. So what about going and connecting with people around what's changed. So one of the things that I talk to people about is that if every one of your clients has changed, we have to change too. So when you talk about transformation, what are you doing differently selling as we are going through this pandemic than what you did before? Everybody has, I don't care how much money they make, I don't care what their title is, I don't care if they're CEO, CFO, their life has changed. 
So what I encourage people to do is go in and talk to people about the four Fs. What was like the first time you went back to work during the pandemic? What was the finest thing as a second F that you've done? What did you discover? What are you doing great? What are you doing better because of the pandemic? The third question is F, fought failure. Where are you failing? And the final question that I encourage people to ask is future. Colin, if I gave you a magic wand, what would your future look like coming out of this pandemic? Once a client tells you what was like when they came back, you know what's different, what what they're doing well, what they're failing at, and what their vision is for the future, can you now solution with me? has nothing to do with me being an expert. It has something to do with me being, like you said, curious about how your experience is different. Right, that's, right. That's what, that's what it's about. We have to change. We yeah, have to and I think that the, the key thing there is, you know, a lot of people in sales tend to think like, oh, I can help everybody or everybody's my client, and, and that's not true. Being able to have those type of conversations to say, hey, is this a relationship where I can add some value? And maybe it's not. And right. being disciplined enough to not try to force your solution on somebody that you know clearly doesn't care about what you're solving or doesn't value the problem that you think is of high value to them. It, you're absolutely right. And so when, when I ask those four questions, they may have a pain that has nothing to do with what I'm selling. So right now, I am working with companies who want to coach and train and retain black and brown saleswomen in their team. They want to attract, hire, and retain black and brown saleswomen. I was talking to a leadership the other day, and one of the SVPs asked me, well, what about the white guys on the team? And Mm -hmm. I was like, I wanted to say, well, not me. I'm not, you know, I just said, well, this is where I'm focused. And I went back to my focus. And if you're interested in this, I'd love to work with you. If not, I know a lot of trainers who can train your entire team, who can do what you're looking for. Um, and so you have to you have to be real and you have to be genuine and say, hey, my solution's not for you. Let me see if I can refer you to somebody. But if you have these genuine, sincere conversations with them, when it is a need, they'll come back to you because everybody's mm-hmm. need is changing. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you someone who genuinely wants to help or are you somebody who just wants to be liked? <laughs> right. And, and, right. and I, you know, I gave up wanting to be liked a long time ago. I just, I'm about, I'm about helping. I'm about growth. I'm about, um, as I tell my clients, I want you to become too good to be ignored. And the only way you can do that is through growth. And sometimes yeah. that's, that means pain. And so you have to build better relationships. You have to immerse yourself in your client's world. You have to learn about your client. And that's where I think financial fluency comes in with that. You have to understand what's going on. Um, so you may not have to be a subject matter expert, but you do have to be a, a, um, an expert in your client's world, in their industry. You have to know what's going on. People don't want you asking questions like, um, what is, you know, what's going on in the restaurant industry? If you're selling into the restaurant industry, read the analyst reports, read the 10Ks, read value lines so you know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I want to, I want to transition here a little bit in, in the conversation. Uh, when we first met and, and talked, you know, uh, you told me a lot about the, the work that you're doing with, with sisters in sales. And I want to learn a little bit more about, you know, how you got into that work and, and some of the, you know, incredible things that you guys are doing and kind of the why behind that. Okay. Um, so let me begin by challenging you, Colin, and asking yeah. you a question. Uh, this is for you as well as your listeners. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the Fortune 500, we've been measuring Fortune 500 companies for 65 years. In 65 years, there have been over 1,800 presidents of Fortune 500 companies. How many black women have been president of a Fortune 500 company in the last 65 years? I think it was two. Uh, It was one before January Mm. of this year. This year, they've added two. But before this year, for 65 years, there was one. Ursula Burns, um, the former CEO of Xerox, was Mm. CEO from 2009 until 2016. In 2017, when she was on the board and she was stepping down, she was interviewed and asked, why are there not more black women in the C-suite? She said, marketing, communication, and the arts won't get you there. What will get you there is being close to the juice. She went on to define Mm. the juice as product and money. That is Mm -hmm. sales. When I read that, I said, I have to help black and brown women learn how to get close to the juice, to learn how to sell so that they can move into leadership roles. They can move into CEO roles. They can build generational wealth. And I met Chantel George, who was the founder um, and current president of Sisters in Sales. And we had a similar mission. And so... I became the chief learning officer so that I can coach, train, um, lead panel discussions. I write blogs so that more black and brown women can look at other women and say, I can do that. Um, you know, um, one of the women that I recently wrote a, a blog about used to be a car salesperson. And mm. um, um, I think it's Scott Lee. He's a, he's a top sales manager today, came in and said to her, um, why are you working and selling cars when you're working all day on Saturday when you could be selling tech nine to five and you get free snacks? And she said they had her at <laughs> snacks. But in reality, she yeah. today is a top salesperson in tech. And so if you're in retail sales, I work with women who have been in retail sales, who went on to B2B sales. If you, if you have either been in sales or you're in an industry and you know the industry, you can sell into that industry. If you're using a software and you're a super user, I talked to women who were super um, Salesforce users in nonprofit mm-hmm. who went on to be salespeople for Salesforce. So if there's a platform that you're a super user for, you can sell that platform. If there's an industry that you've been in, you can sell into that industry. If you've been in sales, you can move into high ticket sales. So that's what I teach women. Yeah. Well, I, I can feel your passion behind it, uh, which is why I was really you know waiting to get to this point so we can, we can talk about it. Um, where can people find out more about the work there and, and get support from you or find out, you know, about the, the things that you guys are doing. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things. If you are a black or brown woman, um, check out sisters in sales. It's S I S T A S I N sales. Um, dot com. We have our big annual summit coming up in September where there'll be over 3,000 black and brown women on for two days. We have all kinds of speakers and courses and training programs on everything. Um, so I invite you to do that. If you are a company and you're looking to partner with Sisters in Sales, you want to sponsor, I invite you to um, check out Sisters in Sales. Go to Sponsors. There's a link. You can also um, book to get on my calendar and I can talk to you a little bit about your goals and strategies to help you attract, hire, and retain more black and brown women. Or you can go directly to SherilynCastleman.com and learn a little bit about some of the coaching and training and things that I do. A lot of companies will give me a cohort, a group of four or five, six women to coach and train for three to six months. 
um, and just blow their numbers out of the water. These women then become top of the leaderboard. You know, one woman was, we talk about transformation. Her open yeah. rate of email used to be two to three percent. After learning how to write a better value story, her open yeah. rate went to 10 to 11 percent. Um, she that's then huge. went on to, to share. That's right. That is huge. She went on to share that with the entire company. I had an SDR that was afraid to go to LinkedIn. So many people never mm. met it, but there are people who are afraid to post on LinkedIn, afraid to yeah. connect with LinkedIn. After spending two months with me, not only was she the top SDR, she ended up running a LinkedIn training program for her entire company, including the CEO, on what she had learned. That's so awesome. not only am I helping these women become too good to be ignored, they are then elevating. And like, you know, like the saying goes, you know, a high tide raises all boats. You raise yeah. your black and brown women's skills, knowledge, and expertise. Watch your entire sales team increase also. I love that. Thanks for sharing those those examples there. Um, tons of options and ways to get into your, your world and about the work that you're doing. We'll make sure to include all of those links in the show notes for everybody so they can get into your world. Sherilyn, thanks so much for coming on today. Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to let the listeners know? Um. No, the only thing I, I, I want to conclude with is yeah. one of my mentors, when you talk about transformation, was Bill Green. William Green was the former CEO of Accenture. And what Bill said to me is, Sherilyn, if you criticize people, you raise their defensiveness. But if you challenge people, you raise their game. So I want to challenge each and every one of your listeners to do something that they are currently uncomfortable with to either mm. connect with, sponsor, mentor, promote, coach, train somebody who doesn't look like you. Mm. Um, I don't care. It can be a black or brown man, woman, but reach out to somebody who doesn't look like you. Connect with somebody on LinkedIn and really make a connection with them because I think all of this transformation happens when we change and we get beyond our comfort. So that's my challenge to each and every one of your listeners is um, step out of your comfort zone yeah. and connect with somebody on LinkedIn. And if you don't know anybody on LinkedIn that doesn't look like with you, start by connecting with me. And there then you, you are I, one degree connection away from tons of black and brown women. I love sales. that. I love ending it with a challenge. You heard it. There you go. Get out there. Go do it. Might be an uncomfortable, but do it anyway. Sherilyn, thanks for coming on. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please share the show with your friends. Write us a review. It really does help. And we're always listening for your feedback as well. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.